0: This is the Ooh. inaugural episode of my three things or your three things or the three things. It's a work in progress. Uh, hopefully there'll be like a thousand of these and I'll figure it out along the way. Um, you going to be like Kevin Larrabee. Kind of, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but Kevin Larrabee light. Uh, hopefully this finds its way to his iPhone um, at some point. So I'm with Dr. Stephanie Allen um, of Boston PT and wellness. Did I say that right? You did. Awesome. Um, let's just start with you and just tell me a little bit about you, where you're at, where you're from, what do you do, and we'll go from there.
1: All right. Well, first of all, I'm honored to be here. I was very surprised that you were telling me that you were doing a podcast. So to be the first one on Coach Casey Lees, is uh, it's kind of a big deal. Um me. Okay. So I moved to Boston, being of January, um, to start working at Boston Physical Therapy and Wellness with, I may be biased, but a pretty damn good crew of PTs um, and strength coach Kristen. Um, <laughs> I was traveling, actually didn't travel PT for about two years before that and kind of just, um, it was time to be in one place and, and I think kind of pursue Uh, more of my passion as far as uh, integrating strength and conditioning into PT and learning more about that myself. Um, So, oh my God, wow, it's 11 and a half months since I've been here, but um, Boston's great. We're in a nice little outpatient place out of Medford. I'm hoping to expand soon. I am originally from Jersey. Don't judge me. Um,
0: (laughs) I like Jersey. It's great pizza. You just can't make left turns.
1: Well, some people can't make <laughs> Um At least there's not all the friggin' rotaries that Boston has. It's just nobody knows how to use them. Anyway.
0: <laughs> to each their own. <laughs>
1: um, that's where I'm from. And uh, I think now that I'm settled a little bit more here, um, that I'm trying to do some more learning and maybe some outreach stuff via like we've been talking about like a seminar or something like that. Um, But I'm really just trying to learn and kind of bridge that gap between PT, strength coach, doctor, all that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. So kind of my, my envision for this um, is pretty short. Um, Three things. It's kind of how I've started constructing my written content blog form on my website. Just three simple things that are kind of either ideas Um, that I have, but at the same time, um, obviously in some type of audio form like this, I think um, depending on the profession who I'm talking to, it's going to be three things related to you as a physical therapist um, with the main idea here being um, helping a general population. So uh, I specifically work with athletes. I think you uh, saying outpatient, what kind of population do you primarily work with?
1: Yeah, we're outpatient. I mean, I would say gen pop as well, um, where we are located and because of um, the relationships that a couple of my other coworkers have with some of the local, um, both triathlete and marathon, I guess I should say endurance athletes, as well as some of the CrossFit places, um, that we're starting to get a little bit more of the um, semi-serious athletes, um, both in the endurance realm and the uh, powerlifting and CrossFit. Sort of realms, um, which has been a kind of nice shift for me because those are both uh, well, endurance I've had a little bit of experience with, but the powerlifting and CrossFit not so much. So, um, but generally, I would still say that 75 to 80 percent of our our population is the uh, the Gen Pop that would they would fit into that.
0: Nice, nice. So we're going to try to relive a conversation we just had before I click the record button. Hopefully, the second time is better. Um, so the first question, I was having a conversation with a parent uh, at my facility here the last couple of weeks. Um, she made a pretty profound statement. She said that um, her son, who was having cartilage surgery he um, get a bone chip on his kneecap, she took him to, and she said she didn't know the difference between you know, the physical therapist realm or, or what constitutes the difference between a PT to PT. She thought every PT was the same. Um, So she just brought her son to a physical therapist quite literally down the road because it was convenient. And having worked in sports performance for the last almost decade now, um, that seems to be a pretty common answer with most parents of athletes that I work with is they don't really see a difference in this field. Obviously, as myself, as a strength coach, uh, being on a staff of four and also within a large health club, I know there's a difference between trainer to trainer, coach to coach, but what would be kind of criteria or a guideline or your input to a parent or an adult looking to choose a physical therapist?
1: Um, That is a really great question because I think you and I are both starting to realize and hope that other people realize that there is a big difference between places. Um, If a mom asked me that and it, this A similar question has been posed to me before, too, especially in this area. Um, but a couple of things that I guess I would say might be red flags as far as if you're talking about your, your um, child who's an athlete um, or whatever level that is, if they're trying to get back to some sort of serious sport specifically, um, I would say probably not a place that has, you know, 30 plus locations because you're probably looking at a little bit more of a mill if you will you know what i mean like just kind of um a little bit more towards the corporate side which is going to be you know their their model of care is probably going to be really standardized and regimented and again i'm sure there's exceptions it's just kind of uh a little bit of the the norm in that case um so that would be one thing i would say you know go on the website or call ask around and look at actually the credentials um Things like an SCS or an OCS. Um, OCS would be orthopedic certified specialist. SCS is sports certified specialist. Um, you know, see if there is uh, a PTAT, uh, and and look at their backgrounds too. You know, did they play sports? And the other thing is, I think that that people run into this problem with doctors as well. They don't. They don't ask enough questions. You know, you're you're the one paying for this service, whether it's through insurance or not. So, by all means, like we've had a couple of people come in. You know, a, a kid who's post-op three ACL surgeries came in and literally before he scheduled an appointment. Just said, Hey, can I? Can you show me around? Can you? You know, if you get a a good vibe from that place, and there's people, you know, using kettlebells and you know, they're not just standing, sitting on the table and doing band exercises, and they're not just doing the bike, and they're not sitting on heat. Um, those would all be kind of like little red flags, and you by all means, as the consumer, because PT, even though it's something medical, you, it's, you're still a consumer, it's still a service. So you have every right to go in and check out the place. You know, yeah. if it's a good business, they're gonna, they're gonna want to, they're gonna want you to do that. They don't care. You're not, that's playing.
0: a really good point. I never even. I mean, obviously, that's pretty standard if you were to join a gym, if you were to join a right. training facility. But I don't think a lot of people take that into consideration on the rehab side of things, um, just to walk in and look around. It um, brings me to question number two, um, and just so people know, when they are listening to this, this is one hundred percent candid. Uh, <laughs> literally, I did
1: not know we were doing this. <laughs> literally,
0: got on a Zoom call and told Steph that I wanted to do this and dropped it on her and she's so gracious to do it. You're um, at you. <laughs> So the second question is, and this is something I heard, um, I don't know, I think I read about it on Mike Reynolds' website, um, the concept or thoughts of a yearly movement screen. Do you do those? Do you have people in your facility who, or patients who do them, clients who do them? What's your thoughts on a yearly movement screen?
1: I did listen to that one and I feel like right now that's a little bit of a, um, a dream still in the sense that I don't think we've quite reached uh, a lot. I mean, there's definitely a bunch of our patients out. They've been there that would be on board with that, but no, the short answer is no, we don't have people that do that. They still, for the most part, because we do take insurance. We're not, um, you know, like at champion, they might have that luxury of, of having people come in because they're all um, they're cash based. So we don't necessarily have that luxury, but I think that, you know, the hope is we're moving towards along with, I'm not saying don't go get a checkup with your doctor every year, that's different. You know, you need blood work, all that kind of stuff. Like we don't, we don't do that And but um, as far as movement screens, which a lot of times can be predictive or, you know, just depending on your sport can help you improve or redirect whatever your goals are. Um, we're definitely more than qualified to do so. And I I hope, you know, I think the hope is that eventually that does happen because we do have direct access. So regardless of whether you go through insurance or not, um, you know, we're kind of hoping that the people are realizing that these movement patterns a lot of times are the basis for injury risk and, or, you know, perpetuation of symptoms, you know, so much stuff is postural depending on what you do, all those kinds of things that, you know, let's say you have neck pain and it's your load sensitive and it's your extension sensitive with your back or whatever it is. And you sit at a desk all day, like your doctor is probably just going to, when you go in to see them, they're, they're, they might not even touch you and they might just give you a referral to PT anyway, and you just pay to copay for nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I, the, like I said, the short answer is no, but um, I think that's definitely one of our, one of our goals as PTs Um, and have it again be be adjunct to your normal yearly medical checkups not in place of
0: yeah I think um, as far as you know fitness and health wellness preventative medicine goes I think a lot of it should this be a viable option obviously if you're an insurance-based company there's going to be you know It's going to have to come from the top down as far as insurance companies go. And the first one who does see value in something like that, I think is going to be way ahead of the game, but um, it's just something, I think it's a hot, hot term in the industry right now, especially in the rehab side of things and physical therapy side of things of this yearly movement screen for a gen pop clientele, even if you're not physically active, just to go in and see what your risk factors are or how you're moving and get some things early on that, you know, will help alleviate a lot of, headaches no pun intended down the line
1: yeah and i also think that a lot of times what ends up happening because we we do a lot of um and this is also i think at least so far in my experience fairly unique to us um and, and people like our practice but we will you know whether we meet somebody at an event or at the gym or through whatever it is around here somebody Calls to ask or ask something through our website. We do a lot of like, quote unquote, free screens, um, which essentially is you set up a half hour, an hour, which is, which we don't charge the person for. So that's technically, um, you know, money that Dave could be getting for, you know, for the business, but nine times out of 10, I would say that through that time with the person, athlete, whatever, most of them are usually through referrals. Um, and we just say, Hey, yeah, come in. We'll, we'll check out and see if you're appropriate for PT. So that initial time with them, the one-on-one time we don't charge. Um, but I would say nine times out of 10, if we, if we don't convince them to, to, to come in and that, I don't, I don't want that to sound as though like we're convincing because we want their business. We're, we convince them more on the, or we sell them, I guess, on the fact that, you know, a lot of what's going on could be helped with a lifestyle change. Meaning like we always say, yeah, manual therapy is great. These other interventions are great. We can do that, but they're not, they're not the cure. And what we can do is help set you up with a plan, you know, whether that's an exercise program or refer them. I've, I've referred a couple of people to achieve, started to achieve, um, you know, other, other gins in the area that we know what kind of quality they're getting. And, I would say that's that's more the end goal for me and for us is like convincing people to make that lifestyle change and I think with the yearly screens that could happen a lot more often and you know I know it's small scale but eventually the hope is that we make that more the norm and that more people lifestyle changes because the lifestyle changes are going to be what's going to actually prevent shit like I mean stuff
0: like so I, the, I, I haven't <laughs> swore yet but i'll probably put the explicit thing on just to be safe um like i said this will probably just start on my website so um
1: yeah but, but yeah. i mean squares are like, encouraged that that can be prevented you know with with just some lifestyle tweaks i feel like we can be instrumental in that but it's not really going to happen if people are coming to us after the fact and after they already go to the doctor and get the referral and they've been in pain for Six plus months, six plus years, sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The life in the front lines, you know, it's just sometimes making sure everything else, you know, the other parties that be see the value in what we do. So, like I said, whoever the first is to get on board with that, the insurance company is probably going to be raking. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, my last question, you kind of alluded to this a little bit um, in your introduction. Um, and this is just purely for me. And it's a question I like to ask athletic trainers, physical therapists. Um, you know, just selfishly for me, but it's about scope of practice. And specifically, um, like, you you know, I see my, I'm in a commercial gym. Um, Mm -hmm. I I unfortunately have seen a lot of trainers who think that they're physical therapists. Um, I've seen a lot of um, trainers that think that, you know, they, they're doctors and they can just go right ahead and do their thing. And um, I know my scope of practice and what I feel comfortable doing. But I'm always interested to see and hear what other professions that are a little bit more qualified in certain things um, have to say. So the last question being, um, what do you think is a scope of practice or an appropriate scope of practice for a strength coach or personal trainer?
1: Um, technically, by definition, the strength coach, personal trainer, athlete, even athletic trainer. Um, no, athletic trainer can do manual therapy. Uh, personal trainers and um, and strength coaches technically can't do the manual side of things. Um, but it's tough because, you know, sometimes you see even, I've seen in even the commercial setting, like, a trainer, like, rolling somebody out. And I know that's not a big deal. And I know that they can't do harm or whatever, but that's technically, you know, not in their scope. I would say, and I was actually just listening to um, a strength action Q&A with Sue Falzone yesterday, and she made a good point in that, Um, when you think about it, the FMS, you know, the the zeros on the FMS that most, you know, I would say most good trainers use, um, was really a screen, you know, if you let it do its job, it's really a screen to, to let you know when you need to refer out that being said. And I think that part of what I want to help educate people on eventually too, is, is that doesn't mean that you can't keep training that person know, you can't treat, there isn't that doesn't mean you can't train around pain, you know, as long as there's no red flags, as far as like cardiac issues, neurological issues, those kinds of things um, you can refer out and still work with that person. And I think that that's, that's where people get, you know, maybe the line becomes a little gray or it's, you know, and it's not exactly black and white. Um, but I mean, I guess the strict answer is you're not really supposed to put your hands on someone. If you're, if you're a trainer um, or a coach but I also think that there's really, really friggin' good coaches and trainers that for some of my patients, you know, some of the athletic, fairly high functioning people that I would rather have them see that trainer than go to a different PT.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Well, I asked that question more so, again, selfishly for me, but, um, you know, I think hearing it from someone who works in a facility with a strength coach – and you kind of guys are starting to integrate rehab performance in your facility. That's a that's a big luxury that not a lot of facilities have. It's something we just started doing in our facility. Hiring an athletic trainer who is also a performance coach um, to kind of be the bridge between two physical therapists that we have in our facility. Um, which obviously, when you have an AT, two PTs, and um, you know three. And one hybrid designated performance coaches, it really clearly defines your scope of practice. But I think for a lot of trainers, coaches who might listen to this that are within a facility um, just to kind of hear it from someone else that it's okay to refer out um, mm-hmm. something I'm super big on is as a refer out, doesn't mean I'm not taking your business or I can't take your business. I can't train you. It just means that I need someone a little bit more qualified mm-hmm. to look at you assess. And it actually just makes, it makes my, job easier and the quality of service that i can deliver better um but always interesting to hear from you know the person who i would refer out to what their definition is and whatnot and how they view it obviously being in a facility with a strength coach i think that's super valuable um, to have your input
1: yeah i just i i think that we've talked about this before the whole checking egos thing and it goes both ways you know what i mean like i'm let's say I'm sending someone to you because I think that they're ready and that you're going to give them a really friggin' good assessment and program and follow up and take them back to where they need to be. As far as, as far as sport, let's say they have a flare up or technically, even though they're coming to you, they're, they're still in pain. So I would actually just had a had a phone call on Friday with uh, a gym owner who you know, really, really cool guy. Um, took the time to call me one of my patients. He's he's still coming, but he basically has um, super, super lax knee. Like he has a really, a partial ACL tear, like confirmed, um, but is, is waiting to do surgery and wants to actually go through this ski season. Really active, you know, but middle-aged slash a little older guy. And he's going to be coming to both of us, but you know, we spent 20 minutes on the phone talking about things that we might, that he might need to watch out for as far as like flyos and certain things. But, you know, he described what they'd be doing, some of the basics like squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, you know, those kinds of things. Um And as I was talking to him, he sent out an email to all of his coaches and CC'd me on exactly what we just talked about about this guy and was like, come in and shadow whenever you want. and And that kind of thing, like, it made me so happy because... It was one of my first experiences doing that, but also, you know, I know that the patient, like my patient is the one who's going to benefit. And I think that with all this kind of stuff, you know, trying to figure out, navigate the doctor, PT, strength coach, trainer um, relationship, that, that that's really the end goal, that the, the patient slash is the one who's going to, or the athlete, whoever, is going to, is going to benefit. So that's what I think it's the whole checking egos thing is huge because it goes both ways. I'm not saying I'm better than the strength coach. I'm not saying they're better than me and no one's better than the doctor. Although maybe sometimes we might think that.
0: (laughs) I think it's funny. We always ask our clients to check their egos at the door, but I think sometimes (laughs) professionals, I think we forget to take our own advice. Um, cool. Well, doc, that's the first inaugural episode of three things. Those are my three things for you thank you so much uh hopefully we'll have this up this week and uh yeah i appreciate it i'm sure this will be the first of many
1: i can't wait i'm i'm more than honored case